please do forgive the raspiness in my voice. I'm definitely coming off of a cold. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Starting a Record Label. Um, This basically is a podcast about my weekly journey of starting a record label. So uh, if you caught last week's uh, episode, you definitely understood that. Uh, You knew that, one, I I wanted to start a record label, obvious, and two... Uh, I had to actually ask my wife first, um, and and that turned into three, which she said yes, but I need to have some things in order first. So uh, let's go into that a little bit. Um, I kind of promised my wife that I wouldn't uh, that I wouldn't sign a band uh, until I had things at home in order, i.e., like housework, uh, kids doing all their homework and everything. Like right now, I'm I'm like still like a, a mixing engineer, a recording engineer, producer on sometimes. So basically, I am just like a hundred percent like running around crazy. My wife works during the day; I work during the night. So it's just our house is usually the last thing that um, we get to, and you know, like I said. In the last episode, I really wanted to start a record label and focus on that and recording and producing good bands that I really like and enjoy and stop um, recording, mixing, producing stuff that I don't. Now, I'm not going to say like that I never produce anything I, I I love because I actually I do it every once in a while. Like I, I, I'm currently working with a band called The Dares that I've worked with many times before, and I love those guys to pieces. And there's a bunch of other uh, artists that I worked with before that I love too. But if you're in the music industry, especially right now, um, it's kind of like a lot of people that have maybe like a passion project and like somebody behind them funding them with a lot of money. And so I get a lot of that. Or a lot of kids that are like YouTube kids. And so they might have talent, but you don't know yet because they're so young and they just want to do something like that. And that's great, but it's not something I want to do. And so I've kind of put that stuff on the back burner. And so we're moving forward. I'm not necessarily turning down uh, work right now for mixing or anything else, but I'm not exactly searching for it either. But, I, you know, I read once uh, that one of the best things you could do when, you know, you're depressed and you want to you, you want to kind of move things forward is to clean your room. And that's how I started this week. And uh, I started setting up all of the social media stuff that I can think of for the podcast. And I even bought the domain, which is kind of crazy that nobody had ever bought starting a record label.com. And I also bought how to start a record label.com. That's weird to me because I once tried to purchase a domain for like another podcast that I have done uh, called Yellow Spandex. <laughs> it's about like comic book crap. But anyway, um, people have already bought that and nobody had bought how to start a record label.com or starting a record label.com. It's kind of weird. Uh, just FYI, if you guys uh, have a band or anything else that you're doing, secure that name ASAP, man. I even have things like ideas and stuff that I want to do in the future that I was like, let me see if that. Let me see if that's already taken. And I definitely have, I don't know why I just hoard these domain names. And I've been offered quite a bit of money for a few of them. But uh, I'm like, no, no, maybe I'll do that one day. But anyway, get on that if you haven't. So I started up all these social media stuff, the basics, Twitter, YouTube. I got the podcast website built, everything else. I'm actually pre-recording a lot of these uh, interviews. I'm actually pre-recording a lot of these before the launch. Uh, a lot of times... When you're marketing something, you really want to have a launch down first. So when I launch a podcast, I'm definitely going to have a few weeks at least lead time. So if anything falls through, anything happens, like this week when I got sick, um, I'm not going to be down a week. So that'll be nice for you guys. And I know you're thinking, 
isn't this supposed to be starting a, a record label, not starting a podcast? And that, that I that's agree, um, but this is kind of part of it. And I think the podcast is going to continue after the starting of the record label. So just like there's going to be a need to roll out the record label at some point in time, there's still just a need to roll out the podcast. And so there's just a ton of stuff to do. And how I started it this week is basically getting all that social media crap for uh, just the podcast set up. I have like a label name, but I don't know if that's what I really want. And I'll, I'll let you guys know on another podcast, the label name, but I'm just not sure if it's going to fit exactly what we're doing now because I picked this name out a long time ago and I liked it then, but I'm not sure if it's going to fit what we're going to do now because I've really been thinking about what is a label today? Like, what do labels do anymore? Uh, they used to do like distribution for physical copies, like vinyl or, or CDs or tapes, even back in the day, cassettes. And they used to get their artists paid to get on the radio. I mean, it was kind of illegal to do in the end, but they still kind of did it anyway. So, but now we have streaming and online stores for merch, and we can even like get people on playlists and things. So, why the heck do artists really need a label? I mean, if your idea of a label is the same exact idea that they've been doing for the last, you know, 100 years, then I don't think you really need one. So if things for the record labels have changed today, what has changed for the artist? Do they stay the same or do they change too? So the question should also be like, what technically is an artist today? I mean, labels used to put a lot of money uh, into like developing artists and uh, development deals like you know this guy has something this girl has something let's put some money into that and let's develop them and uh, in the end they had some really really great artists and they did that to a lot of people but they don't do that as often today they still do just nowhere near as often especially not at like the middle level or the indie level and I'm just gonna kind of come out and say it I don't think a band can just release music today. I think that they have to do a lot more than that. And I'm not just talking about like social media stuff. I'm talking about creatively. I think that people need to see into the band at a different level today to keep the interest into it. And so if we take this and compare them to like the labels of the past, are you still a record label if you do more than just produce and deliver music? I mean, that's where I think this is kind of heading at this moment in time. It's definitely where I want to head because I don't think there's any at least indie or middle ground labels that are doing this. I think maybe some of the larger labels have, uh, you know, social media teams and whatnot, and they definitely have the money to do awesome music videos all the time. And the artists are just big in general, so they have a following on social media already. But what about new artists? How do new indie artists get launched? You can't just drop music on you know, Spotify and YouTube and expect people to just watch. There's got to be a reason they come and there's definitely got to be a reason they stay. And that's why I kind of think the, the industry needs to change. I mean, I listened to a great podcast called Other Record Labels and the guy that does that, Scott, does a really good job of asking well-known record labels and record label execs how they become and continue to be so successful. And it's a great podcast because you get to like hear them, you know, talk about their history. But a lot of them like, you know, got their start like 10 years ago, 20 years ago or more. And then you don't really get to hear a lot about 
maybe their social media stuff or the way the industry is kind of changing and maybe having more video involved, which makes me then think labels are probably just like bands, probably not wanting to dip their toes into this newer realm of social media. But I'm not sure because a lot of them do put out like music videos and things, but they might not completely embrace that social media presence kind of idea that like YouTubers do or uh, some of the newer things do like TikTok. And when, you know, bands use social media, it's a little bit more like, what can you do for us? Like always, hey, make sure you guys uh, retweet this or or repost this or make sure you go listen to our music and stuff. They're always like trying to force you to go do something as opposed to like, hey, what can we do for you in social media? How can we meet you in social media? And I've had definitely a ton of conversations with bands that I've recorded about this, even a long time ago, even when, you know, MySpace and uh, Facebook were just kind of starting. Like, hey guys, you guys need to be on here and meeting your followers and your fans where they're at. And most of them, they don't want to do that. I don't know if it's just a little bit, uh, if they're scared to do it or if they don't have the time or if they don't think that's just going to work. I don't know. But long story short, they just don't want to. So that's where I kind of think we need to be headed. And so for me, I'm setting goals. Um, Basically, most accomplishments are kind of just goal setting with follow through. And, you know, if you read the like, you know, four hour work week or any of those, you know, I try to say silly books, but they're pretty serious. If, you know, something you want to do, you need to plot it out. And so that's what this podcast is going to do for me. Maybe you need to do the same thing, whether you're a band or a label or something else. It doesn't matter. You got to look into the future. You got to put a date on that calendar and you got to say, this is when we're going to start. And that's what I did with this podcast. And so, you know, I've been trying to run things past other people with my ideas and how I think this is going to go and how I'll be talking to you about, you know, what I think labels are. And so I know these guys, they're kind of like YouTube creators, but they're also uh, in a band and they're musicians. They're very plugged into the industry. They know a lot of big YouTube stars. They're just in that LA YouTube community. And so they're like really good friends of mine, Rod and Vince. And I just, I kind of need to know, like what do they think about this idea of being way more than what a regular record label used to be. And so we sat down and in and out, late at night, noisy cars, enjoy. We should have picked a not popular place. Seriously, I didn't think it was going to be this crazy. So you guys are like doing something similar to what I, I want to do yeah. with, with a band. Like, however, like you guys are you're a duo, and I know it's probably a lot easier for you guys to to do it because you're only two people. I would say it's probably less headaches. Yeah. Than having to get five or six people on the all on the same track. Mm-hmm. Also, you guys are super like video minded and everything else. You you understand things differently i i think like modern day labels are kind of dead and so like i still listen to podcasts where they talk to labels you know that just you know they just put out music and that's it like indie labels i know they're probably bigger you know obviously the majors are still doing a lot of stuff but Mm -hmm. uh like indie labels and whatnot they're not doing a lot of video i don't feel like the the successful indie ones really understand like the current generations Mm-hmm. Like how they intake stuff, like you know, Lady Gaga coming out with like a gorgeous video. It's yeah, kind of to be expected. Like you know, she needs to have that, and we expect that from her. But like, I don't know. I can't say like I, I'm trying to think of like an indie band that might do that. You know, I don't see a lot of like rock bands. You know, 
interested in doing stuff like that. I feel like they oh, feel true. like it's beneath them, you know? So, like, what do you guys think of or how I should go about doing that? Because I'm like, I'm looking for these, looking for a band that's going to be willing to it. So I'm assuming they're probably going to be younger because I don't think older bands are going to necessarily be interested in doing that. You might have a better shot with younger minds, you know, because I think they get the whole 360 of it. Yeah. Um, like, I feel old by not understanding TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that I need to embrace it because TikTok has produced the last two, like, number one Billboard charting songs. Mm-hmm. And both of them have broken records. Like, I think, like, Old Town Road is, like, the longest number one rap song or something like that. There's one of those records. And then Lizzo's Truth Hurts yeah. is both a two year old song and, like, the longest running female rapper. I know this is the fact that TikTok kind of, like, like jump started mm. like a career that she already had going for years you know yeah so maybe having somebody younger it'll be like more or a group a band younger they might be more understanding of it i don't know yeah because i really want to come like move almost to like M- mcns or what is that what they're called oh, yeah, that channel, network. channel networks kind of mm-hmm. deal like what with bands yeah, to yeah. where like i'm putting out their music like helping them with their video almost like a, have a spot where they can practice at yeah. and shoot their videos at and edit at if we need to i want them all to be involved um that's gonna be like a team kind of thing but like involved with the band mm-hmm. so it's gonna be obviously a headache to try to find a band that's gonna be that has some talent probably or willingness to learn some of that stuff but the only foreseeable problem i see is the if you get younger you run into all of their life stuff mm-hmm. if you get older they may not understand the industry as much as these younger kids with the technology yeah but at least like they probably had already chosen to be like i'm gonna do this as an artist or whatever mm-hmm. or you get that sweet spot to where they're not too young but not too old either mm-hmm. and and all those things combined where they understand the industry like yeah and they want to make this the full-time gig because mm-hmm. I, I honestly <clears throat> i don't know if this is true for everybody and it's probably not but i can't i can't foresee trying to do an artistry or just like even being a band with uh, and having a, de- a day job or some sort of like schooling like for me personally, I would have to put all of my marbles into this one thing yeah. and make it successful regardless of whether it's going to turn out shitty or not. Like, just put the best energy forward, whatever. Or not best energy, just like do the best of your abilities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether um, whether it's <clears throat> you're angry, sad, happy, put all the emotions into it. Mm-hmm. That's the point of the art. I don't really care the age, to be honest. If you were mm-hmm. 80 and you're willing to put all put it all into it, you know, to, to be able to to do video like at least a few times a week be able to just work with with more than just doing music mm-hmm. and being excited to do it and you know set to do it i don't know i just i as long as they're willing to do it i just i, I foresee problems if i was trying to do what you were doing and i would actually have to probably start as like a producer Mm-hmm. And like find somebody, blow them up with my resources. Like you're saying, you're yeah. giving their re- your resources, blow them up like a Scooter Braun finds freaking uh, Gung- Gangnam Style. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like obviously Scooter had a, like a whole long list of you know success before all of that, but like it's a, I would almost have to take that to that approach to where like I would try to have to like blow up one thing so that more people would be attracted to come to, to forth you know yeah it's kind of like when you're selling merch like you gotta have that big sale or something needs or like some celebrity needs to be like I, I wear this too you know mm-hmm. like and then people are like oh he wears it I'm gonna wear it 
That sounds like what he's planning on is doing like one band. <clears throat> but he said it needs to blow it up for like yeah. have one band blow up first. But that's gonna be that's kind of like almost like a chicken before the egg kind of thing. Like, yeah. I'd have to have them in some kind of contract, like some kind of. It's almost like the you're bringing back of the development deal. Like, yeah, that doesn't much. exist anymore. But like it's gonna be like an everything development deal, not just a music. It's gonna be now labels but, expect but you see, to already be developed. But see, that's a that's yeah. a myth though. There's people like Lord and like Rachel Platt and stuff who are under successful development deals. There might be less success stories from them. Yeah. But they still happen, and it definitely is not as rampant as it once was. The underlying problem is the general public has undervalued music over the last couple decades. Mm -hmm. When there was a point where it was like, um, like not a commodity, it was like. Uh, it was something that generated money, but also was put it generated money because people put value in it. You know, people, people paid for shows, they paid for albums. Yeah. Even though people complain, I remember being a kid in the '90s and people were like, "I got to pay twenty bucks for the album, but I only like two songs." You know? Yeah. But you still did it because you found the value in it. You know? Because yeah. if you really wanted to steal it, you tape it off the radio, like some of the other stuff. Did. You yeah. know? But if I really liked a song, which was a lot, mm -hmm. um, I would still save up twenty bucks and buy an album. You yeah. know, and stuff. There's got to be a way, somebody, maybe this label could like bring value back to like the song the record or whatever mm -hmm. you know a little bit of it's come back in like the renaissance of vinyl yeah it's like it's given like a physical souvenir to something because i wish there was a way to test like the statistics on who's listening to the vinyl versus who's buying it even though i have there my are statistics i've seen out there of people only like 20 percent of people who purchase vinyls actually listen to them afterwards. Oh, i didn't even know that was like a thing that yeah. I mean, that makes sense i, I wouldn't even <laughs> be surprised if it was lower than that yeah. you know um so you're saying you want to Josh to bring back the quality of music. Well, somebody or collectively is like a it's because it's not probably not gonna be one person unless mm -hmm. something viral happens. But like to get music to keep going as an industry, they're gonna need to find a way to make it valuable to people, and it's doable because uh, who was it? Vince Gill pointed this out. The coffee industry, Starbucks, is like particularly like led people after decades of people like valuing coffee at like pennies. Yeah have made it okay to pay five dollars a cup you know like like people like even when itunes was a thing it was 99 cents a song you know vince gill has a famous quote i don't know exactly what it is but it's something like you know that you'll deliberate over like spending 99 cents on a song you know like should i get it should i not get it and stuff mm -hmm. but won't think twice about picking up like a four or five dollar like latte you know yeah and stuff that you'll enjoy for a few minutes but the 99 cent song you listen to a hundred times you know if you loved and bought it you know uh, yeah it does bring up the question of like uh, this is off topic but uh, like how can we bring value back to music well that's not off topic that's exactly what i was saying well, like the topic is how is josh gonna run a label yeah i'm saying like that bring that collective back like like collectively bringing that back i think that's that's what's gonna make the label not run into the ground you know no. like be a part of like the next wave well, i wanted to treat i wanted to try to treat it <clears throat> not just as uh, a label and try to make money off of just the music and mm -hmm. maybe just you know just the t-shirts or whatever else like musicians would normally sell to try to, to make money but like also treat it as like a youtuber or a, what you'd call an influencer <laughs> would would uh, treat that and have sponsorships for you know for certain things or have videos they're just pump, pumping out videos a couple weeks and have creative stuff going on for that so yeah. kind of do their whole it's like that like you're, uh, like a, the, the, a media manager exactly be more than just a label there's not really a, a title for this yet yeah or if there is I just don't know what it is because mm -hmm. it's like you said earlier it is like a completely <clears throat> encompassing 360 it's not just putting out music yeah it's it's 
dealing with the socials, it's it's marketing, it's sales, it's merch if it gets that far. And that's what I was saying before is like, it, it could be one band, mm. but what happens after that? It gets, you know, what's your future? That's what I said, like, it'd be like a multi-channel network kind of thing exactly. where it won't just be one band. You know, we start off with one yeah. and move on to the next. And you then they interact story. with each other if they can. That'd be fun. I was thinking even like, uh, you know, that Janelle girl. that new yeah, Janelle, just, She's just yeah, like, yeah. Janelle Eliana. She's yeah. just doing her life, you know? Like yeah. she's just in her van with her snake or whatever. But see, that's another thing is, she's a good example. I was actually going to bring her up a little bit into this is that um, you know people like theorize she's a plant or whatever on YouTube <laughs> oh, or something yeah. like that I don't know for certain nobody really does but um, I just I last night I just watched her entire channel which is really easy because she only has a handful of videos yeah though. she only has a few um, but I, it, at a technical point the videos aren't that good mm-hmm but I still watched all of them. I don't. I don't think she's bad. Mm-hmm. But if a corporation was trying to go after something, mm-hmm. it would have been a lot technically better. Yeah. But she's she's cute. She's interesting. Her life is kind of interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's an it thing that I mean, it's something that's like a 50 year old idea. Like there's like an it factor that no one can quite put your finger on, yeah. but you know it when it's there. I, I think like as far as finding a band or something, like it's more important to find that it thing yes. than. You know, dedication or talent or any of that stuff, because like those things, you know, we we live in a city where there's like a million people with dedication and a million people with talent, or maybe some both if you're lucky. But if you can get the it thing, mm-hmm. both those other things can be taught. You know, like Janelle Eliana can be taught to make better videos, and she has. She's been improving mm-hmm. a lot. But like, no one can. S- I don't know. I feel. It, I know they say you can't teach the it thing. Mm-hmm. If you can, we don't know what it, how to do it. Yet. But I don't think if they don't have the dedication in the first place, though, it doesn't really matter if they have the it because if they're not going to continue and do the mm-hmm. things like, I agree. With they're going to be like sloppy, or if they're not going to care, they're just going to screw around. You know, because like, you know, I'm always up in the air about like what I should be taking from this because it's right. obviously going to be their their. At least their music. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm probably going to be involved in the video and everything else. But like, what do I take out of it? Because I'm just scared that I don't. I don't want to scare bands off. But then again, I don't want to devalue what I'm going to put into it. So. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the MCN thing before, yeah. and MCN's kind of a dirty word in the yeah, social media realm right now. Um, we've we're not signed to, but we've worked with people at Studio 71 and their friends of our. A lot of people who work there are friends of ours. Um, my perspective. They're they're like one of the last like honest people in the business. Mm-hmm. They're also one of the last standing and the biggest. Um, I like I don't know if they specifically do this because I haven't seen like every single legal document they've had. But I think the lesson, one of the big lessons that has come out of because MCNs were like a completely new idea. Yeah. When YouTube kind of came out um, with its stars and stuff, and I think the big lesson, one of the big lessons that came out of that is clear terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, num- most the biggest complaints that people would have about MCNs is like, well, they promised me all these things, they didn't deliver, and then I still had to make content. And they took fifteen percent of my money. Yeah. And it was like, well, if that was that not like clear in the terms. So, like, it, I think the terms would be clear. Like, if you provide like a rehearsal space, mm-hmm. there has to be a way for them like physically check in availability or something, you know, so that like there's like real like. We had access to a space once a week, yeah, and we could get in or we couldn't get in or something, you know. And then if either site faults on that, then there's like a really clear cut, you know, thing or something. I think that's the thing anyone can learn, but in specific like MCN management realm and stuff, yeah, like not leaving things up for like interpretation, mm-hmm. you know, down the road. Clear terms is <clears throat> definitely a good thing. I also think that it should just be <clears throat> small at first, yeah, 
you know, instead of, not not to say that this is what you would do, but if hypothetically you would set all these things up, pay into all the money to get the rehearsal spot, get it, get the the uh, merch stuff ready, mm. like you put all this money in so that when you finally get that person, it's this whole thing, this whole 360. Yeah, I, I almost like theoretically would think like that you would want to grow with that yes. artist instead of like you know spend all this money and get all the things and then have people come in like find somebody first mm-hmm. make it make it a like a handshake thing because you got to notice if it's even going to work right yeah so well, like if you finally do find the band maybe the route would be to like, grow together so yeah, like they they get excited when you all of a sudden you're like hey guess what we can make t-shirts yeah i think the handshake thing though is that vague Area you want to well, it's avoid. authenticity. At least that's a start, though. It's a start, but yeah. at the same time, like, don't let that go too long. Yeah, because that's where the gray area comes in. Cause, oh yeah, because like, well, you don't want to get to a point, of, yeah, when you're trying to, you're fighting over splits on the song, or like, yeah, well, fighting over like wh- whose money does well, the monetization to. of any videos and stuff. That's see, gonna be crazy. But too, see, that's so. the thing is like, if you have a handshake by the time videos are being monetized, yes. then that immediately becomes a problem. Like so, that has to be like way cleared up before any of that. Yeah. So like, well, that's what we were saying just before <laughs> I spoke was clear terms is mm-hmm. the best, but it should be small at first, and then work to like the huge contract where it's you have a practice space, you have you know this is taken care of, this is okay, because uh, you also want to know their worth too, and yes. that what's that, what how's you going to find out if you just give it to them all at once, you know? I'm saving money now, uh, looking into the future of what you know, putting money aside for for things and. I know I'm gonna need to do, but I, I'm definitely with you on that. I'm definitely like, okay, first let's let's kind of do maybe trial basis and what we could do, see if we work well together. So if like you know if you've got that, I'm looking for like that it what you're talking about, Rod. But I want to make sure that they have the dedication to follow through with. I it. get that because there's I would even venture to say the majority of people just don't want to do it. Yeah, because I'm gonna be putting thousands and thousands of dollars into it, just money, not to mention me recording. Mixing, producing, editing, all this stuff. So if it were me... Managing. Managing. If it were me, if you do do a handshake to start off with, I would make it so neither party invests anything financially during mm-hmm. the handshake period. Absolutely. Because like, like if you're handshaking and they start a YouTube channel, like mm-hmm. you don't have any fingers in that monetization, and mm-hmm. then you also don't contribute any financial things to it that aren't already in your possession. You know, like if you, you already have a camera... Yeah, so you can help them film, but exactly. if you're going to buy new stuff, then there needs to be something in ink for that. Yeah, that, that's the clear. It thing. should start out as a relationship. Yeah, that was at least my get point. to know them first. It, my whole the whole point of what I'm saying is that you need to be able to trust the people you're getting in business with, and that's yeah. what it is. Even though they're new at it, it's still your both your you know names are on the line. But, but I still think that's part of the clear terms, though, because a, what a, a problem a lot of people run into that they don't ever learn from again is they let. They let that getting to know you period leak into the working together period without yeah. ever realizing that they crossed. Uh, you got to set territory. those boundaries early. But people say that they're like, "Oh, you got to do that," but they didn't do it themselves. You yeah. know, like, what happens is just read out the process. You know, okay, mm. we're, we're we're cool with each other. Yeah, we're gonna work to do it with each other. First thing we had to do is set up your YouTube. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Now here's what. I'm thinking and that's gonna be even scary. Like, and you put the terms. What down do right I there. set? Like, do I am I gonna own the YouTube channel? Like, just just all these see, crazy see, things. See, that's like, the thing is, like, at first, if it is a handshake thing, you don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just hands down, you don't. Which is why I think this is good. Like, with with the podcast, we shouldn't like, even have walking a through this video at first. Yeah. If it's a handshake, you're just getting to know each other. There isn't anything that exists yet. But if they're a band and they want to release YouTube videos, is that something you prohibit them from doing until you're like in a good place? That's a good question. That is a good. I question. mean, like, if I'm part of it, you know. 
I imagine there's going to be some kind of there's that some management aspect of it. You so have to that take we control. have to talk about it. Yeah. We're not controlled, so that, but like so that's another gray area that probably needs to be like ironed out. The podcast is going to suss some of the stuff out because mm-hmm. obviously once I you know get to a band that I think I'm going to enjoy, they're going to be part of the podcast, mm-hmm. and so we're going to get to know them. Yeah. And eventually, you know, I'm sure if they're a band that there is already out there, I'm sure they've done a video. I'm sure they've done some that's music and things, stuff like, before. I'm just assuming, especially if you end that up stuff, like, I don't want to touch. But then that's weird, though. Like, mm. do you? At what point do you, uh, like, try to insert yourself into the situation? Because if you're yeah. managing them, there's only so much you can stay out of. Yeah, it's going to be socials. part of all of it. Yeah. If I've developed now, it's been like a few months in my head, and, mm. and I've developed this relationship with this artist, and now I'm like, okay, you know, I think I'm ready to like invest in you. Mm. That's when, like, in, in a, you know, a girl and a guy get together, they have that determine or the deed, deed, whatever it is, the determine the relationship. <laughs> exactly. So that's what would happen. I would sit down with the artist and be like, okay, this is what I'm offering at this point. So this is this, to me, this is a little less clear because, like, say you, okay, just say that it's a, it's a a band or an artist or whatever that has like the normal things that bands or artists have now like Twitter, YouTube, mm-hmm. maybe TikTok or something, you know? And they're already kind of doing it at least, maybe even at a moderate level. Yeah. How do you stay out of that completely until a point and then set terms? You know what I mean? Cuz like you it is possible to stay out of it and get to know them. Yeah. But like what if it just happens by chance? Like you appear in one of their videos That's or you fine. help them with something but like, but what if, but what if it just keeps bleeding? It like it keeps like overlapping, you know? Yeah. And then you don't realize that you're like fully in it, and well, then you have the terms. Well, like someone person. in a bad relationship to where like the person's not committing on the other side. Uh-huh. I'm sure I'd give like if they're not gonna commit and like we're not gonna sit down and talk about mm-hmm. like arrangements within the first month or two. Mm-hmm. I think I'd, I'd just be gone at that point. So it's like a time thing. Yeah, I think like eventually, like we okay. we get to know each other, and then you know, okay, cool. I see what you're doing. I like mm-hmm. what you're doing. Okay, this, this is how I can help. This is how I can help, and if we do an agreement like that, because at some point in time you got to make the jump. Yeah. So as long as you get to know them, you think their stuff's good, you think they have what it is, you think that they're determined, you're just going to have mm-hmm. to make the jump at that point. I do want to so. clear up from before, like the it thing is important, but I do agree completely with the determination and motivation thing mm-hmm. because there's nothing like that's a bigger waste than someone who's talented and wants to do something with it that doesn't want to do something with it. You know, like or that's lazy. That's the thing, like. Yeah, can't accomplish anything or mm-hmm. get anything done. And I don't know if anybody like from not that's not American is listening to this, but it's like a very common American problem. It's mm-hmm. like a lot of entitlement. Say you do get in, you're you're you have you, the girl or guy signs the contract, right? You're in this, you're helping them out. All the paperwork's legit. Like, you know, there's no questions about splits or anything like that. Or mm-hmm. same with like their social media as well. Like you, you've figured it all out. At one point. Like, uh, if they were to go against something or do something outside of the contract. So that that's where I think, like, that's why the clear terms have to be made. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you know, where, where Josh and I went to college, one of the professors required you to sign in during your piano practice times. It sounded like it was overboard. It might even be to a certain extent. But then again, at the same time, that made, like, terms, like, super clear cut. So, like, if you were doing poorly and you didn't sign into your practice times, it was, like, super clear. Like, you don't practice enough, you know. <laughs> or something, like, it, something to that idea you know like yeah. especially if you have objective things like rehearsal time and spaces videos so even it might even be like if you agree to do a youtube channel you're like we're gonna do a video once a week yeah and if you if we miss because of you then that's on you know like or yeah. something like those are the kind of terms and are there strikes you know stuff like that i'm just like the overall idea like the fact that most bands don't have the money like mm-hmm. you look at even bigger bands mm-hmm. they just don't have the money and i feel like 
bands nowadays need to be more than just making music. Mm. I feel like they more need to be more. They need to be out there completely. People want to know about their daily life, you it's, know, what they're going through. It's not even a feeling, man. It's just the truth. If you want your responsibility to stop at songwriting, then be a songwriter. Vince and I are a band and artists and stuff, but we both have like songwriting goals, you know? So like as the years go on, I'm I want to retire as a guy who writes songs for the next pop star that like just keep going on tour and stuff because I don't want to like tour the country anymore, but I want to write songs, you know. So I think there's you know that, but if you're being an artist, then that yeah, that includes everything. Robin Thicke, you know, when he was really blown up, he has this famous like I don't even know the quote or like an interview where he said there was years where he was so arrogant to say that he shouldn't have to integrate himself into social media because it was beneath him, mm-hmm. and he was like. Then he woke up one day and realized, like, I'm not giving. I believe in my music so much, but I'm not going to give it its full chance. It's like that's stupid, you know. And then, not to say that social media is what made him popular, you know, and stuff, but it definitely helped. Like he said, he fully embraced it. Like he was doing music videos, he was tweeting, and you know, like everything, or he at least had people managing that, you know. Yeah. So there's like a presence out there, you know, because good chances you're going to get your big shot by connecting with the audience. Yeah. Because you were talking about transparency like earlier, I want to be so transparent with this to the point to where like I almost want to be like, here's how much money we're making, everybody, or at least I'll find for a way that someone actually can see it. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want, I don't know, maybe I maybe I'm sure there's certain things that you can't necessarily do under contract. I think with YouTube and other things to show, but I wanted to at least be like, here's where the money's going, there, or, or like maybe even just along the podcast, be like. Yeah. The band's gonna make this. We're gonna do this. This is how we're gonna talk. If we need to renegotiate in the future, this is what we're gonna renegotiate. And I, I just want to be that transparent because I feel like so many people just talk so much crap online days nowadays. Like Josh is probably taking in so much money of theirs, or yeah. some, uh, just vice versa, you know. Or they're. So you're, you're not just saying between the you and the band or artist. You're talking about like overall the podcast, yeah, through podcast, band, social media, uh, social media, everything. It's a it's a bold move. But I definitely think it like helps you cover your ass mm. a lot better. Um, I don't. I'm not a business manager, and they might have a better idea of like what, how much of that can be transparent. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I do know, like uh, you know, speaking of YouTube, like Shane Dawson and Jeffrey Star just had the six part, or yeah, six part that's going to be a seven part documentary about the release of this big makeup line. Yeah, that was insane. They sold out in like minutes, you know, like millions of units or whatever. Um, but they they. Allegedly, I don't know for a fact because I wasn't part of the production. Like, documented everything for real, all the numbers, the amount of money that was being invested and stuff, and everything. Mm. Them revealing all the numbers during the business meetings. I'm just gonna assume they're real because it's gonna get complicated if I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, that being real made me feel emotionally invested in it. Mm-hmm. So, I because it, it was it's one thing for even if you don't care about the numbers themselves, like because I don't know anything about the makeup industry. When Jeffrey Star says like. Shane Dawson, you're going to go home with $10 million if we sell out this first run and him like fainting on the ground and stuff. I understand <laughs> that, you know, more emotionally than if he's like, you're going to make a lot of money and then he faints. You know, it's like, I don't know what number that was, you know, yeah. but like I can internalize 10 million is like a lot of effing money, mm-hmm. you know, so that could be cool. And then, it, you know, it could also maybe make the band more relatable, you know, if they're like, we have a music video budget of $100, you yeah, know, like I, I really feel, especially you going on. Yeah, people don't understand. Like people still think that bands make a crap ton of money. Mm-hmm. Even like people that are well-known artists, they they don't make that much money. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because uh, so on I forget what website it is. There's like a website that takes like I don't even I don't want to say celebrities because we're not celebrities. Like, but 
people that are known to an extent mm-hmm. online. You know, there's like a website for that. Yeah. So this website has valued RKVC as making three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> if anybody's listening and has seen that, I want to say that is far from accurate. But it's funny because I don't know where that number comes from. Are they anybody cared enough to estimate that number on the website? <laughs> You know, it's the same way with like YouTubers. It'd be like such and such channel makes several million dollars a year, yeah. and they're like listen, laughable. Like, listen, like I may not be on YouTube. I made that much money. You know, like yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Um, but I don't know. You know, it, but yeah, big making the numbers. If as far as you could legally, I I do think it's like a really bold move. So it's scary. Yeah. But I like bold moves. I don't know if the bands would be totally into it, but like yeah. I'm totally into it just because. Like I want to do this just because I love music and I love artists. I love bands, and I feel like they've just been gotten such like the raw end of the end of the stick for for so long that yeah. you know. I don't know. I just I just want to do it. I'm obviously going to have to talk to like a, a lawyer at some point in time. Hopefully, that'll be part of the podcast as well. And I'm I'm sure that's going to be an expensive meeting just to sit there and be like, what do I need to do? And what you know, they're going to have to write some crazy contract. I'm sure. Yeah, especially in California, because in California, um, it's like a two-party consent to record state for audio. Mm-hmm. So that means, like, uh, if Josh does want to be completely transparent and we're working with people outside of the band and him, assuming that both parties there agree, then that means, like, if you're talking to an attorney, they're going to also have to agree to be on record and stuff. And so, mm-hmm. like, the um, like, yeah, the Jeffree Star Shane Dawson thing, mm-hmm. it's the only thing that makes me question if the numbers are real or not, is they'll be in board meetings with, like, Morphe or something, some big, like, makeup line, mm-hmm. and then throwing out numbers on a conference call. And I'm like, yeah, what kind of legal paperwork happened, you know, for yeah. all that to be, like, just openly recorded, you know? Well, but, imagine if they're not in the same... If they're in a state that's not that way. Everybody's in California in this particular oh, board okay. meeting. But, yeah, but, right. uh, but yeah, also, but it, that also might have been the draw, though, you know, because, like... And that's what Vince was saying about the value of the artist or whatever, you know, like, Shane, in that case, was the artist, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's a different industry. And everybody knows, like, his value is so, like, weighted. They might just have agreed to all that. Yeah. To have, you know, the, the, the marketing of that. So that's actually a good example. If you take the marketing of that docuseries, and if you could, like, replicate parts of it to music, mm-hmm. man, like, talking about making people value music again, I've never once personally valued makeup. Unless we were on camera for, like, stage makeup, I've never actually been in it. That series made me emotionally vested in that makeup palette. And I don't know how it did that, you know? They released six episodes of, like, the business trials, the design, you know, the hurdles of manufacturing, like, the factory getting robbed and all that stuff. And, like, being that transparent, or at least seemingly transparent, made me connect with it. So I think, like, your idea of being transparent financially, like, is a a good step, albeit a bold one, you know? Mm. like. I think it'll help more than harm. I mean, like, if anything, in the past, just so that people know, like, I, it's, it would be a very long, hard road before anybody made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, really, just all of this has made me realize how little, or how much information that you would need to have in order to even get this like off the ground and going. You know? Yeah. And probably, like you said, a lot of money as well. The the tough thing, and the the, the thing I was thinking the most is that. It's all the unforeseeable things that get, makes me like worried for you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean that's part of the podcast, though. It's supposed to be like what what crazy crap I'm gonna gonna have to run into. I know, I know, at some point in time I'm gonna have to create an S corp or, or LLC yeah, yeah. or something like that. It's gonna probably have to be somewhat soon, mm-hmm. and then you know just having to probably. I'm sure I'm gonna go through more than one band before I actually find somebody. Oh, you, yeah. know? <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. I just thought about this as far as a handshake deal goes. 
including everybody that's potential into the podcast, might cover your ass on the accountability of the handshake versus clear terms and contract. Exactly. Because I'm thinking, I didn't, I completely forgot this podcast was happening in real time with everything. Mm-hmm. In a traditional deal with like two people like shaking hands, like we'll work together. Mm-hmm. That bleed is so gradual that uh, so, you know, sometimes you already like you know knee deep in things before you realize what's going on. Yeah. But if it's audibly been documented and stuff, and you're like, I didn't say that. Rewind. Exactly, and it's going to have to be a lot of that because I, I in the future I want it to be and I don't want necessarily want it to be a like a <clears throat> reality TV show, but I yeah. want this the podcast to even continue to be like daily lives of what's going on in the band or what mm-hmm. what what we're doing at the record label now to where like we're going to have to be running around with audio. <laughs> There's going to have to be a part of a contract of anybody that's you know working in in the record label like of hey we're going to be recording all the time so yeah. sorry <laughs> you know. Yeah, if you say something dumb, then... That's on you. (laughs) There's no one way anymore, you know? Like, people say, like, well, Radiohead just gave their album away for free and charged you what you want, and they made his own money. It's like, but they also, like, were, like, signed for, like, 10 years, you know? Exactly. And stuff, but... And like Ingrid Michaelson, like was discovered on MySpace in an old Navy ad. It's kind of like, why you have to utilize all of the tools, even if you, you don't know what they are. Like, I don't know what a TikTok is, but I know I, my stuff needs to be on it. Yeah, I imagine there's going to be a lot of trial and error, especially with the first band. Yeah, you know, just figuring things out. It and then, me of, you know, uh, the chick that lives in the van that we were talking Janelle, about, yeah. Janelle. Like, I think the it thing for her is how authentic, because all I all you showed me was just the intros of all her videos, mm-hmm. and I automatically knew that people like her because of how authentic it is. Yeah. I mean, she, she's funny, she's cute, definitely is authentic and interesting. So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, authenticity for one is, like, highest thing for me. Like, one of the highest things. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard for me to be like, oh, they need to have this. And like, but if you don't have, like, these certain things, like, authenticity, I, I can't stand someone that's fake. I just think back of the MySpace days of all those, like, the hair, hair emo bands that were just mm-hmm. all over the place. And, like, they just didn't have that authentic of music. It was, like, same old, same old over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the thing I get in argument a lot with other songwriters when I'm writing. I'm like, I want to do this. And they're like, well, I haven't heard that before. I'm like, that's why I want to do it. <laughs> exactly. You know, but they'll be like, but I ha- I don't know, like, that's that's wrong. That's just a wrong beat. And I was like, I don't, I hate that, though. Like, yeah. I like, I want to try it. You know, Josh, you're, you love rock. Like, I would love to see rock come back into the mainstream. Because I feel like all we're seeing is this, like, plastic bubblegum it's not it's not that the music sucks mm. it's just the the images are what we're seeing are very like plastic and superficial like it also becomes like you see it more and more and more and so you see into it more so like because i love pop music too yeah. but like the fact that we don't see rock or we don't see anything else besides some of that pop music or it's, whatnot it's kind of hard i think that like rock is stable more stable even if it doesn't peak you know which is is like another like really valid like path you know like when Aerosmith didn't have like a hit until 1999 is insane you think about how long they never had a number one song until 1999 they don't want to miss a thing before then they always charted somewhere but they were always around and everybody knew them by you know as a household name I think the thing that added up to success was the sum of all the parts yeah you know like they they maintained like a sustainable ride instead of like a bunch of highs and lows I'd rather have a sustainable ride yeah. like highs and lows and because then, then you get like that whole rebound effect of like you know I mean I hate to point someone out but like Britney Spears where like you know she had such a giant leap yeah. into fame and then a giant crash after that yeah, you that's know? the thing people like to see you know the only thing people like to see more than the come up is the come down you know yeah. so so that's good like if you I mean in in my opinion I think it's like a lot easier a lot easier like a lot more attainable to have like a sustainable ride with a band especially rock mm-hmm. um, than 
trying to like shoot up the tri- viral charts, you know. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, I'm just not aiming for that. I'm aiming for making good stuff for a long time. <laughs> and that's another good point. Is that's like the the thing. Like a friend of ours, Steve Gossett. He's a producer director. You know, his whole thing is like in the movie world is like you should be able to write a script. You should write a script that's so good that if you forget it on the bus, someone will pick it up and make it. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our friends disagree with that, but I believe in that. You know, yeah. if you write a song that's good enough. Everything in the world could be against you, but it'll find a way. Like people will share it because they like it so much. There's know? a lot of bands that like have really garbage mixes from like you know the 80s and 90s that I love and I will mm-hmm. listen to all day every day. And but the recordings were just awful. See, that's the thing is like the recordings should just not get in the way of whatever mm-hmm. it is that's special about the song, whether yeah. it's too polished or not polished enough. You know, I'm just saying like the songs just yeah. just leak through like yeah. and it's just it doesn't even matter I don't know I mean that and it's especially doable in the digital age if a band gets like you know 100k to a million subscribers that are actually active mm-hmm. on a YouTube channel at their music you could totally sustain somebody off of that yeah you don't have to have that many I mean mm-hmm. I can't remember who I was reading but you know like just saying like you basically had to like have a thousand really really good followers or yeah. subscribers or whatever well, it was I well, can't remember a, who it was there was a thing for it, it was going around our friend Chris Trapper and one of his buddies were under this thing it was like you have a thousand fans that had to spend at least a thousand hundred dollars on you a year that's what it was and that was like the 100k plan you know yeah but some version of that you know like if you know, say like you have a million subscribers and then you make 10 percent of that you know like like 100 engaged or whatever and stuff that's totally livable which i think is is, is absolutely doable with with music and with video and with everything else that goes into it like there's so many things that you can so many things that your your fingertips nowadays that you could use, and I, the bands don't even touch it. Bands, bands, because I did this podcast, that Bands Life podcast, and they have yeah. no idea what the heck they're doing. And so, like, I've even not even published some of the bands' podcasts because they didn't know what the heck they were doing. That's a, that's the thing. Like a lot of our music peers are like, I'm not going to do YouTube. Like I'm a musician. It's mm-hmm. Like. But literally, like the most popular thing on YouTube is music. Yeah. Like on every every way you cut it. Like most engagement, most views, most like watch time or whatever is music. Like I think eight or nine of the top ten biggest YouTube channels are all music. Yeah. The number one YouTube channel is a record label. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, a lot of them though I talked to didn't even want to. They thought it was deplorable to do like Patreon. They're like, I would never do Patreon. That's awful. So why would you do that? You know. Any musicians or bands out there listening? Casey Neistat, who's a big YouTuber, mm-hmm. had painted a really good picture of Patreon. He's like. Before Patreon, you would have to get a brand to back you, even if you were like a major label artist. You know, even Lady Gaga had something sponsored by Doritos, you know, yeah. instead, even if it's not forthright or whatever. And as a YouTube channel, you're sponsored by whatever, like audible.com or whatever, mm-hmm. who may or may not be moral. <laughs> and they pay for your thing to get to your, your uh, listener or viewer or whatever. Yeah. Patreon allows like your biggest fans. To contribute directly to your art and it's like the purest form of financial mm-hmm. stability yeah because you're getting directly from the people who care about what you do instead of like a corporation that just wants the people that care about what you do to buy something yeah so if anything patreon is like more pure than any other way of making money. <laughs> yeah, they say it as like you know begging for money, and it's like well, it's the same. It can be if you do that. Yeah, if you beg and not do anything. Yeah. Yes, but if you're create if you're you know, I don't know. It's it's a matter of like how you do it. You had just said a thousand fans spend a hundred dollars a year. Yeah, Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a that's literally a place where it's continued to happen on Patreon. Full disclosure: we have a Patreon account, and we're friends with people that work at Patreon, so it's not completely unbiased. Yeah. But it has 
been like one of the purest forms of financial like coverage that we've had. We've done not worse things. We've done other things. <laughs> I've done yeah. horrible things. Well, like even like you know, <laughs> we've had a. I don't want to like spoil like any other sponsors we could have, but you know, we've like backed things that we may have not known about before. You know, like video games or whatever and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for our patrons who like really care about us to be able to like contribute to our success and stuff is like the purest yeah. form of like support. You know. Financially, because even when bands are like, "Oh well, I don't need that. I don't need a sponsor." You'll have one at some point. Yeah. If you're on tour, someone's backing it up. Even if like Fender might be like sponsoring something, or yeah. like Doritos might, you know, be backing you to like uh, your tour bus or something. Like something is gonna sponsor it and stuff. This might as well be your fans. You know. It's ridiculous to me because like, if my band, if my favorite bands back in high school were like, "Hey." In order for us to continue, all you have to give us is like, you know, three bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. I mean, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Like, I've got, I think, it's like five or ten bucks on you guys a month, and it's like ridiculous. I don't even notice when it comes <laughs> out. So it's just like that thank little you, bit of money. Thank you, by the way. Yeah, oh, thank you're you. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you spend that five dollars well. Um, but seriously, like, if, if you know, we have a thousand fans and they do that, and it's, they don't even under, they don't even know. And then they also get, you know, you know, they're the first people to get to hear the new music. They're the first people yeah. to get to whatever. And you know, it's just ridiculous. I don't understand why bands are just so they're so ridiculous about it. And doing that podcast made me kind of realize like nothing's going to change unless someone changes it. Mm-hmm. So like that this is my this is my idea this is my plan i don't know how well it's gonna go um i don't know how much my wife's into it but (laughs) my biggest thing is i just want to see who jumps on with you yeah like i know you're gonna find bands and artists stuff like that but i want to see like outside of that who jumps in i'm i'm scared that nobody's gonna be interested because i'm scared that one they're gonna be scared i'm going to uh be taking advantage of them uh, I think that also uh, they're not going to want to do it because it's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> or that, three, they're going to think that it's ridiculous, that they shouldn't have to do it. And so I'm going to have to find somebody who is not only has that it thing mm-hmm. that is dedicated, but also doesn't think it's ridiculous, that thinks, doesn't think I'm going to take advantage of them and is going to, you know, so write on that. Podcast being renamed the Unicorn Hunt. Exactly. The, the podcast or whatever visual thing that you do that is your rollout for this project mm-hmm. needs to be as interesting for people to, like somebody, like a business person outside to be like, this is interesting, I want to be a part of that. I If I was, you know, because I, I think I follow one other podcast uh, that's about a record labels i couldn't find any other ones about like i could barely find something about music industry stuff um so and i'd be totally interested in i'm yeah. I, i'm always looking for like ooh, music stuff yeah and uh so if i'm interested in like a podcast like this hopefully other people are too and then maybe that will give me some yeah. validity <laughs> and that's the thing is like i agree like that's the value is that the podcast is kind of like the live documenting of like all this happening and that's that would be the appeal to so it. that's what you have to sell and uh that's that's your mission is and, to sell the but i the think idea of the podcast would, the concept of your ideas i also it's think true. that the advantage the, the the positive side of it is it's such um not narrow i don't want to say that but like such a focused idea that whoever's on board would be on board or not Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you have somebody on board, like you'll know, like they're pretty much like on board, you know. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really cool. I, I seriously want to watch the re- all the whole thing of the Jeffrey Star thing because the thing that it really has made me realize, and this isn't a new idea at all, is that ro- the rollout is the most important thing. Of, yeah. It, not even just the makeup line. Literally anything that you're trying to put out to people needs to have that marketing, the rollout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like but, even if you're trying to just 
sell this pen to another person. Like there has to be a rollout for them to be interested to buy that pen. And then they have the longevity is for it to like pay out when it happens. You know, because yeah. that was part of Jeffrey's thing too. Was like I I still not I did not even touch his makeup. But supposedly from like makeup friends and stuff. Like when we got it, there was a lot of hype. But when we bought it, it was like good. They said like it had all the qualities they wanted, and it wasn't sticky. It didn't make them break out or whatever. You know, all that stuff. Like it was a good color. Like they couldn't find it anywhere else. You know. So, so it got them to like keep going meets yeah. their expectations and so like they exceeds expect them, that the next time them, you know? next time or exceeds yeah. Yeah. their expectations so and that's why they keep coming back what I love about this podcast and the record label idea never being done before is that if it does work you have a whole like series of I told you so which I love like cause it personally whenever I'm like I want to do this thing like well I haven't seen that done before I'm like I'm just gonna do it and then I do it and people are like who knew I knew <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I do. <laughs> like that's, that's, you know. <laughs> well, guys, you've given me way more than I thought. I was like, oh, we talked for fifteen minutes, and I'm glad you guys talked a lot more because I I can appreciate it and I can use it because yeah. this is going to be such a long journey. Yeah. Oh, I got a headache from it already. <laughs> yeah, it makes me nervous for you. <laughs> I'm I'm excited, but that's but, what it is. Uh, like it's mm-hmm. a, an excited nerd nervous because I know like you know you're going to do good work. Uh, that's not what I'm afraid of, though. <laughs> it's not you doing good work. It's it's everybody else. I'm, I'm afraid a, of losing my rear end. Yeah. <laughs> my wife is going to be like, what? I love... Josh just told us the name of the first episode of this, and I love it. So that, that already started off that, like, this hasn't been done before. This is amazing. Yeah. Also, I know Angie, so this makes it funnier. <laughs> and you know we'll help as much as we can, or as, if you need uh, another uh, studio wired up. Maybe, maybe I, you know, you were talking earlier not to, you know, buy all that stuff and do all that stuff beforehand. Like, I'm, I, I still want to, you know, like I want to be like, I want to buy a spot or I want to rent a spot and build it all out. All this stuff. Like, I always have to be like, okay, stop looking at Craigslist for spots. Yeah, stop yeah, doing yeah. this because it's sure. you're nowhere near anywhere that. Like, See, it be, <laughs> but then you also have, can look at it this way too. Like, okay, your your goal is to get this spot for your your deal. Yeah, but you but. Also think of everything else that could help you get that spot too. Yeah. Like a partnership with another company or or anything really. That's just one out of a hundred different possibilities to where you could get that spot for for your artists and stuff, but uh, someone else is helping as well, you know. Yeah. Like don't well, I think that's the point is just don't try to do it all yourself. Like there's got to be ways that it's both more <sighs> beneficial for you and easier on your stress level. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be stressful because it's going to be stressful. Money is stress. That's going to be hard. People are money is going to be stress. hard. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Maury fan. I haven't even heard any of the other episodes yet. <laughs> well, we should get out of here, guys. Yeah, uh, in and out turned off their lights on us. It's awesome to be able to bounce ideas off of friends or mentors or someone that you know is not going to give you a load of BS or crap on your dream. But I am so glad that they're interested in it that they think it's a good idea. And that really kind of helps me. That helps me move forward and gives me some hope and passion to let me know that if they're interested in something like this, that other people are going to be interested too. So thanks for listening to this week's podcast. And if you're not already, please subscribe on pretty much any podcasting app that's out there. We also, if you go to our webpage, you can stream it straight from there. If you're feeling particularly helpful, you can definitely stroll over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review there. And I just want to thank you for listening. 